Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been talking about you first, and this is our second installment in that sermon series. Today, talking about you first in our families. I've invited you to make a commitment with me to think about in this new year how we can put others before ourselves. And today, the Apostle Paul helps us as we seek to say you first in our families. I'm not sure if you've ever done any reading or seen some of the research on birth order psychology. Apparently, scientists have done quite a bit of study, psychologists, to let us know that if you fall in one of these categories, whichever one it is, firstborn, middleborn, lastborn, or only child, there are some characteristics that seem to be shared by people in those positions. All right. Can I ask, how many firstborns do we have in the congregation this morning? Okay, quite a few firstborns. How many middleborns? Yep, that's me, middleborn. Youngest child? Okay, we have some youngest too. How about only children? Any only children in here? Okay, we have a few of those too. All right, I want you just to glance at the screen, take a look at your category, and then you don't have to tell me, but in your own mind, just think about which ones you think apply to you and which ones maybe they miss the boat on just a little bit. Somewhat accurate? They're pretty general, aren't they? And what you've noticed, I'm sure, as you read through your list is that there's some really positive traits that are listed, but there are also some that seem to be a little less than desirable. Maybe the whole purpose in doing something like this is just to remind ourselves that it's not easy, is it? No matter whether you're firstborn, lastborn, somewhere in between, or an only child, there's always going to be a struggle with selfishness, isn't there? I'm always going to struggle to put others first before myself. I'm always going to want to ask the question, what's in it for me? And so as we hear the Apostle Paul's words this morning, we're reminded once again that this is an exercise in selflessness and putting others before ourselves and it can only be motivated by the love that Jesus has for us first. So today, as we look at these verses from Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, we'll say you first in our families, noting two important things. You first in our families happens first when children honor their parents. And then secondly, when parents train and instruct their children. The Apostle Paul addresses children first. He writes this in the first three verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I want to start with that phrase, in the Lord. The Apostle Paul uses that phrase to remind us who, to whom it is that he's speaking. He's speaking to children and to parents who have faith in Jesus, whose actions and attitudes are motivated because they're connected to Christ by faith. Very much as we said last week in our relationships, a relationship in marriage, in a family, none of that can be good without Christ apart from Jesus. And so as the Apostle Paul reminds us that these two entities, both children and parents, are in the Lord, 
it demonstrates how these relationships can benefit each other, how they work together for each other's mutual benefit. For the child, that means obedience. Children, obey your parents, the Apostle Paul says. I want to talk to you just briefly about that, that Greek word for obey. It has the word hear in it. It's a compound word. But then it adds another thought. It actually says to hear under. There's kind of an interesting picture to that, isn't there? If someone's speaking and you're trying to hear under, it's almost as if you're putting your ear right up to listen to what they're saying. I suppose we have an expression in English that covers that, the idea of bending your ear, of really listening to what somebody is saying, of trying to grasp all of their instructions. Well, some of you have an easier time of this than people like me or others, but I want you to think back to your childhood. Can any of us in here this morning say we were pretty good at that? That we always bend our ear to everything that our parents said? Or like me, do you have a pretty easy time remembering those times when what your parents wanted conflicted with what you wanted? Can you remember times that you were frustrated by the rules in your household? Perhaps even frustrated by the words, because I said so. But did you notice that that's really what the Apostle Paul says to children here? Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's what God wants children to do. To hear, to bend their ears, to listen to everything that their parents say. That, the Apostle Paul says, is what it means to honor your father and mother. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that two words are used in those first couple verses about obeying parents and honoring parents. Perhaps we should stop for just a moment and talk about the difference between obey and honor. Is it fair to me, for me to say this? You can obey without honoring. But you can't honor without obeying. The word in the original Greek for honor means to fix a value, to put a price on something. What God wants for children is to recognize the value in what he has given them in their parents, his representatives, people who are there to bring blessings into their lives. And when you see the word honor your father and mother versus obey, what honor does is it takes obedience and it makes, us, makes it something that we have to do turn into something that we want to do. You see, honoring our parents is honoring God. Honor means to bend our ear to what our parents says, say, but, but maybe even more it means to bend our will to God's will. See, when we listen to what God says in his word, when we bend our ears and our will to what God wants, that's an acknowledgement, isn't it? It's an acknowledgement that God is greater. There is one greater than us that needs to be honored and obeyed, and that's our Heavenly Father who has placed his representatives over us. It all goes back to the word that we began this entire sermon series with, the idea of submitting. If you go back to chapter 5, verse 21, there's a verse that sort of heads this whole section called the Table of Duties where the Apostle Paul wrote this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
And while that doesn't speak to exactly to every single role that he's about to lay out, it certainly speaks to the attitude that each one of us can have. Can you imagine? And maybe you've gotten glimpses of this. Can you imagine how happy a family would be if every child always listened to their parents? If every parent always had the best interests of their child at heart and in mind? That's exactly what God is describing here. He's describing an opportunity to have, once again, two people in a relationship, parents and children, looking out for each other and saying, you first to one another. That's not our natural default position, is it? By nature, we find ourselves to be stubborn and rebellious, not wanting to listen to what anybody else has to say, but really only caring about what I think and what I say. And there's only one way that that can change. It's why the Apostle Paul used those words, in the Lord. It's only when we have the heart of Jesus when faith in Christ is at the center of everything that we do, that we will be able to follow what God wants for us in his word. Can we think about that heart of Jesus just for a moment? The heart of Jesus demonstrated itself in the fact that he willingly obeyed his Father's will. That he came to this earth to live in your place. And while on this earth, he obeyed his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary. And he did that as your substitute, to take your place. And then Jesus went even further. He was willing to take on himself your sins and mine, all of our sins of disobedience, of dishonoring others, and he took them to the cross where he paid for them in full, a price guaranteed by the resurrection from the dead. Yes, you stand before God holy and blameless and as his child, Maybe that's why God attaches blessings to the obedience of this commandment, honor your father and mother. The Apostle Paul says it's the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Maybe when you hear those words, you think a little bit like I do, well, does that mean I'm going to live to be 90 or even 100 or maybe even longer? That kind of long life? I think the idea behind it is a little bit more with the word enjoy. What God wants in a relationship is for things to work together because when there's peace and harmony, that's when life becomes enjoyable. It becomes easy because there's people looking out for and serving one another in love. I'm sure most of you are familiar that many, many retailers have rewards programs, right? If you go to the grocery store enough or to the gas station or to the mall, to your favorite store, there are loyalty points that you can receive by visiting multiple times, right? Maybe some of you, like me, are members of the Quick Rewards program. Last week, I got my year-end summary. Anybody else get their year-end summary in the mail, their Quick Rewards? Yeah, it told me all kinds of things how many gallons of gas I pumped over the year, how many times I visited, how many different stores, how many rewards I claimed, how many coupons I used. It's kind of fascinating to think about a year in review like that. But what I realized as I was reading through that is how serious they are about wanting you to come back, about wanting you to visit their store again. And they're going to give you these rewards so that you keep coming to their store. 
That's the picture of what God is doing here too, isn't it? God is serious about us obeying this commandment, honor your father and mother, so serious that he connects a promise to it, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. You see, God understands that when we honor our parents, when there's happiness and joy in a relationship, that's when God is honored as well. But it's not just children that God is interested in talking to this morning. He also has instructions for parents as well. Listen to verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Paul addresses fathers as the heads of the household, but really these words could be applied to both fathers and mothers, to parents in general. And just as there was responsibility for a husband to a wife and a wife to a husband in relationships, both children and parents have responsibilities that God gives them to one another. There are two sides to every relationship. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. When's the last time you used that word in your vocabulary? Probably not very often, right? I love the picture in the original Greek. It actually means to get angry right beside someone. I suppose we might use the expression in your face or pushing someone's buttons. I think we could all admit as children that there were times that we figured out how to push our parents' buttons. But it's fair to say that parents can push their children's buttons too, can't we? Maybe it's simply by being overly stern or expecting too much of our children. Maybe it's by belittling them when they fail. There are so many ways that parents don't follow what God wants for them in his word. I know a struggle for me as a parent is simply worrying about my children's behavior reflecting badly on me. And then who is that about? Me or my children? So God reminds us the one way the one job that he has given us as his representatives as parents. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As parents, there is no more important job that we can do than to bring children to Jesus, just like the parents did in our gospel lesson for today, to bring them to the feet of their Savior. Yes, that means coming to church, but it's more than that, isn't it? It can be talking about the Bible, talking about Jesus in your homes, praying together, finding a devotion book that works for you or for your family together, connecting to Jesus over and over and over again. What about discipline? How does that fit in the you-first picture? It doesn't seem, if I'm taking the child side of things, that a good punishment seems to be a you-first proposition, right? Doesn't it seem like my parents are trying to get even with me or get back at me. But you know that the word training is that very word, the idea of discipling, disciplining. And so yes, that's something that God gives to parents. God wants parents to discipline their children, not because they want to get even or because they want to punish them, but because they want to train them. Because nothing is more important to a parent than keeping their child on that narrow path to an eternal life with Jesus. You see, really, as parents, we should have one goal, right? Oh, it's great to want good things for your children in this life, good jobs, good spouses, all the different things that they could possibly have. 
But the best thing of all, the one goal, is that when life in this world ends, that they will be with their Lord forever in eternity. The writer to the Hebrews talked about that very thing, describes how discipline worked in chapter 12, verse 11, when he wrote this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Some takeaways from our you first in our, in our families today. Number one, children honor God and their parents when they obey, when they willfully bend their ears to what their parents are saying. I know there are probably some of you today who are thinking back to your childhood and thinking, but I didn't really have parents who cared about me. I didn't really have parents who were concerned about bringing me up in the training and instruction of the Lord. If that's the case, or if that's the case with you now, what does God say? For this is right. Continue to demonstrate your love for Jesus by willingly obeying even when the other side isn't carrying out their part. Secondly, number two, parents honor God when they raise their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. There's nothing more important. The number one goal of parents is to bring children to Jesus and to keep them in that faith all the way to eternal life. Solomon wrote this in Proverbs, train a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And finally, number three, Jesus honored his father and saved us by sacrificing himself. Like any relationship, there will be times when the parent-child relationship fails, when parents will fail their children, when children will fail their parents. But that's when we go right back to Jesus, right back to the cross of Christ where all sins have been paid for, where Jesus reminds us of his perfect life in our place and is an innocent suffering and death to redeem us. Maybe you've heard this expression, the sandwich generation. Have you heard that before? Sandwich generation is this idea that there comes a time in life when this scenario is possible. A parent is still raising their own children, but then also taking care of their aging parents on the other side of things. Do you see God's wisdom in that? I do. The very parents who said you first to their children as they were growing up, now get a chance to have their children say to them, you first, as they take care of their parents. Maybe you've had that opportunity or will have that opportunity. Maybe you won't. But today, God reminds us to take a little pause and just to think about how we can serve one another in our families. Perhaps there's no better way than simply asking this question, how can I love and serve others as Jesus did? See, whether you're firstborn or middleborn or lastborn or an only child, you are a child of God, a member of God's family. And God showers his blessings on you every single day. And as you follow his will for your life, as you say you first in your families, God promises his blessings will flow. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.